Welcome all you sinners and sodomites to episode six of Bible Stories for Atheists. I'm Josh. I'm Linz. And we are your guides to the awkwardly angelic stories, literally, literarily littering the Bible. Thank you. Golf clap. Got a golf clap out of that one. (laughs) Actually nailed the first try this (laughs) time. You did. It was great. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, we are kicking off this week with uh, Exodus and everything, mm-hmm. but I want to go back to the last episode a little bit. There's a correction I wanted to make. Um, because unlike the Bible, we're willing to admit when we were wrong. Right, exactly. <laughs> and unlike the Bible, we can update ourselves yeah, over time. Right. We're not stuck in this one dogmatic thing, yeah. you know? Yep. In the last, last episode, you had asked about essentially like, was this an oral tradition or... Uh, do we have like the original text of, of these right. the first five books of the Bible and everything? And I said that I thought the Red Sea uh, Scrolls were the original the Dead text. Sea Scrolls. The Dead Sea Scrolls yeah. was the original text. And I was way off okay. on that. Yeah. Way off on that. Um, the Dead Sea Scrolls, for, for anybody interested, were some scrolls that were found that are very old. I can't remember off the top of my head how old they are, but they are definitely not the originals or anything. They had some biblical texts to them. Um, they had some that were not biblical texts. And some some of them were like dead on with what the biblical text was. Some There were some things that were different okay. in those texts. We do not have the original text. And we are planning on doing a an episode in the future where I go over biblical history mm-hmm. and what, what the actual scholarly history of the Bible is. One of the things I'm learning is that we... There's actually good evidence to suggest these first five books of the Bible had some oral tradition to them. Uh, so they, were, they weren't all originally written down. Right. Yeah. That makes sense with yeah. the way the story is written. Right. So so I'm looking forward to that episode where I can give you some full context to, to that, how they come to those conclusions. Uh, but for now, I just want to make sure... Uh, we let everybody know that there's that you were right. Essentially. Yes. Oh man, I love it when that happens. Yes. First Jacob's ladder. Yes. Now this. Really killing it. You are killing it. You're on a roll. <laughs> then the other thing I wanted to take a look at. So I just got a brand new Bible. Zondervan put out a 2020 fully revised. NIV study Bible that's absolutely packed full of articles and footnotes and stuff like that to give you the Christian perspective on all the fucked up things in the Bible. Yeah, okay. And one of the things I was curious of, what does it say about Jacob's age when he dies? Oh, okay. And there's a timeline in here. There's this chart showing the lifespan of Abraham followed by the lifespan of Isaac followed by the lifespan of Jacob and then Joseph. Okay. And a few key events along there and how they overlap. You remember there's a 12 year discrepancy Mm -hmm. in Jacob's age where the Bible says he died at 147. But if you actually did the math, you would realize Jacob should have been 159 when he died. And the only way you can make that work is if Joseph was sold into slavery 12 years before Isaac died. Okay. And this chart puts him at getting sold into slavery 12 years before Isaac dies. Ah. Gives no explanation for it. As to why. It's just so they can make the numbers work. Exactly. It's a real sort of accountant move. It kind of (laughs) is. But they give no justification for that. Not that I've seen. There are tons of footnotes in here. Maybe I missed it, but... 
from what I've seen, they do not give a justification for why Joseph. they placed it that yeah. way. Other than they're trying to make the death of at the age of 147 work. Fit. Right. Yeah. And That's what, their justification. Exactly. And here's what bothers me about that is chapter 37, Genesis 37, we get introduced to Joseph mm-hmm. again. He's, you know, he's 17, 18 years old, I think. 17 years old. When he was sold, right? Yep. And yeah, then yeah. we hear about when he was sold. And then immediately after that, we get Genesis 38, which was that story about Judah. Yep. So they leave the story of Joseph mm-hmm. to tell the story about Judah for the for that only goes throughout the chapter 38. And it specifically says this is what happened basically after Joseph is sold into slavery. So they're writing linearly mm-hmm. at this point. If they were writing linearly when Isaac dies and there was that overlap, Isaac would have died when Joseph was in prison. Right. Right before, like a year before so Joseph gets out of prison. So they would not have mentioned it prior to that. Right. Okay. But they do. They bring it up in the chapter before we yeah. even hear about Joseph. So I just wanted to throw that out there. That's that's their take on it. I still think God can't count. I think there's a good reason to say God can't count. Yeah. So anyway, I thought I'd share that. All right. So we're going to be starting with Exodus chapter one. Yes. That Moses. Gotta lean into the assets. I kind of feel like vocal burn is an asset. Is it? For me, it is. I don't know if I'll, now that I quit vaping, though, how much of that will (laughs) continue. That just means that the activity was, in fact, damaging your body in some way. Right. Um, So, yeah, if, if you remember, we left off. Jacob and all the brothers moved to Egypt. Yep. And things are going great for them. Sure. You know, Joseph was... The one, the main guy right. in in Egypt until he died, um, and then he enslaved all of the people. He enslaved the Egyptians. Yep. Yep. For their for so they could receive their own food that they had given. Right. Yep. Yep. It's real, real sort of early capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It totally was between Exodus and Gen between Genesis and Exodus. We actually get um, sort of a flip happening where. The Israelites go into slavery. The Egyptians are free, or at least as far as we're aware. Okay. The Egyptian people like are free. in between Genesis and Exodus, this happens. Well, it, Exodus does pick up by explaining how that happens. So, okay. so it says that when the um, when all that generation, Joseph and his brothers, when they died, uh, Israelites grew in number. You know, they they were fruitful and multiplied and everything. But then, as God prophesied. Well, I guess God wouldn't have prophesied. Has God promised? Promised? Told? Yeah. yeah. He told them to fuck like rabbits. <laughs> Many times, And they too. did. And so that's what happened. And they were successful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then a new pharaoh, um, actually a new king of Egypt. It's kind of interesting. It keeps going back and forth between calling him a king of Egypt or a pharaoh. Hmm. But a new king comes to Egypt. Okay. Um, or comes up in Egypt and... Uh, to like, whom Joseph means nothing is what it says. So does that that not happen through like birth? 
line? Yes, it oh, does. Oh, it does. Okay. Yeah, so he comes to power. Yeah, right. Like You're right. His, his, okay. Eventually, and a few generations down the road, we have a pharaoh who does not care about Joseph. Right, because he's been dead. Yeah. Right? Right. I assume. Yep. He's been dead for quite a while. Yeah. So, so they would be like kids nowadays being like, I don't give a fuck about George Washington. Right. Exactly. And yeah, so so this this would be a good opportunity to kind of go over what does the timeline look like? Like, where are we in the timeline okay. of things? Uh, one of the things that is debated about this is exactly when does the exodus happen? So according to uh, if you, scholars, it would be something around 1200 BC. Okay. Um, if, if the events were true. So 1200 years before the birth of Jesus. Right. Okay. Right. And the reason why they think that is because several times throughout Exodus, it mentions, I think, I think what's a city or some place named Ramses. And so that's why they think it would have happened around the time of Ramses the second reigning. However, the NIV says that it's 1446 BCE that, that, that the Exodus happens because there's another book of the Bible that says that in the fourth year of such and such king, it was 400 and some years after the Exodus. Okay. So they do the math backwards. Gotcha. Figure out when it was. And as we learned, the Bible is incredibly accurate when it comes to dates. Right, exactly. So for the sake of argument, we're going to say it's 1446 BCE. We'll just play along with the NIV way. And this would make um, the two pharaohs that we're going to talk about, Tutmose II. Tutmose? Tutmose the second and Tutmose the third. It's interesting because Prince of Egypt went with Ramses. Yeah. But I think it's literally because it's a better name. Than Tutmose? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tutmose sounds like you're not finishing the word. Right. Like, is there supposed to be a T at the end of it? Tutmost? Tutmost. He's tut-most. the most tut. He's tut. the most tut. So a new king shows up. Tutmose. <laughs> Tutmose the, the second. Second. Yes. And uh, the people of Egypt come to him and are upset about how numerous the Israelites are getting. Okay. They, they say that, you know, if war breaks out, they could join the enemy and fight against them and end up leaving Egypt and, and all that. So Tutmose II is the one who puts them into slavery. Forcefully. Yes. He Has puts slave be. masters over them. Yeah. Yeah. And makes their lives bitter is what it says. Bitter. Yeah. I mean, that's an understatement. Yeah. Yeah. Bitter. I think, Slavery, yeah. Makes them bitter. I feel like there's a worse flavor. It, well, it's it's like being it's like being like and slavery was a irritation. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Long hours. Amazed slavery was bitter. Yeah. But the uh the more they're oppressed, the more the Israelites multiplied. So they just keep having more kids. <laughs> right. Sorry. It's Terrible, but like I was like, well, what else are they going to do? Right, work and fuck. That's it. That's yeah. all they're doing. Yeah, it's like it's understandable. It's, it's almost like they're going to enslave us. Okay, well, let's see how much how they can enslave when we have thousands and thousands of children. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so the king of Egypt uh, goes to the Hebrew midwives named Shipra and Pua. Pua. And uh, I like how I. I, I've noticed a common theme when you say these names. Yeah. Any of them that I find interesting, I just repeat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a 
What? No comment. Just me mimicking what you just said. Right. <laughs> it's just a fun. It's a fun one to say. Pua. Pua. So, so he goes to the Hebrew midwives. Yes. Okay. And one thing that stood out to me was that there, if you notice, there's only two of them. Right. That they mentioned. So, how many Israelites are there? Turns out, and this this is actually taking place 80 years before the Exodus happens. But okay. when the Exodus does happen, it's 600,000 men who leave in the Exodus. Okay. Plus women and children. Right. So we're talking about well over a million. Yeah. So there's not two. So, right. Yeah. Right. But they, there's more than two. Maybe they're like the head. Head midwives. Midwives. Maybe. It doesn't say that, but. Could be. As you pointed out before, the Bible isn't super informative when it comes to those details. Right. So exactly. Who I cares how many midwives there were? He talked to these two. Right. Exactly. So he talks to these midwives and he tells them that he they need to kill every baby boy that's born. Oh. They can let the girls live, but you need to let need to kill the baby boys. Uh, right. Okay. And you might be surprised to find out they don't. Right. Because they're right. Hebrew. Right. <laughs> So, so uh, the the king of Egypt. After a little while, we don't know how long. After a little while, he's like calls them back in, and he's like, "What's what's with what's with well, all the these little Hebrew, dicks running Hebrew, around? Hebrew boys running around? <laughs> <laughs> what's going on?" That way, he talked about this, and they're like, "Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They are vigorous and give birth before the midwives can arrive." So, okay. so they're just so vigorous that they just shoot them out right. before anybody can get there to help. Well, so be, that being the idea that literally the midwife's going to show up and just kill the baby right then and there. And nobody's going to be like, hey, man, you just killed my baby. And then, you know, I don't know, kill them. Right. You would think, right? <laughs> yeah. But there's no further explanation about this. <laughs> and there's no further discussion either. Like the Pharaoh, you would think the Pharaoh would be like, you're not doing what I told you, so I'm going to kill you. Or right. Anything. It actually specifically says that God gives these midwives families to bless them for for their, their service. Oh, God needs to stop giving out families as presents. Yeah. They're not good <laughs> presents. I mean, listen, I love my child, but right. he's not like, I would much prefer like, I don't know, a trip. <laughs> Gifts aren't things you have to then take care of for the rest of your right. life. <laughs> Max, a goldfish. Right. Like, literally, that thing will die in a couple of weeks. Commitment is not there. Any other living thing is not a good present. <laughs> Unfortunately, God is a, it only has that one gift. He, it, it's true. It's true. Amazon hadn't been invented yet. Right. All he had at his disposal was people. Right. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. So the Pharaoh uh, says to all of the people, like all of the citizens of Egypt, that they need to start killing off the little boys. Okay. The little Hebrew boys. Oh, how terrible. I know. And it says to throw them in the Nile. Too. Yeah. Um, just which bunch of floating dead babies yeah. in the Nile. Right. Do they drink out of the. They do. In fact, I, I was going to mention this at the top of the episode and I totally forgot. But if you're not driving right now, it's you should pull up Google Maps. Uh, if you go over on the terrain view so that you can actually see the land and everything, you go over to Egypt. There's this like thick green vein that goes mm-hmm. from the north side of 
Egypt to the bottom. And it's just surrounded by this beige desert, mm-hmm. right? And at first you're like, oh, that's the Nile. And then you zoom in a little bit further and you start realizing, no, that's all this farmland mm-hmm. that is surrounding the Nile. And right. it follows it all the way down. And you start, re- and there's all these um, town names, right, mm-hmm. along that sure. river. And there's a few towns out in what the Bible would call the wilderness. The right? desert. Yeah, out in the desert. But most of it's all along there. And you realize that is Egypt. Yeah. The Nile River is the country of Egypt. Sure. If, makes sense. if it ever dried up, that would be it for that country. Right. right? So, yeah, the idea that they're saying, Throw dead babies. Throw dead babies into the fucking river seems a little far fetched to me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe they didn't connect the fact that decomposing dead bodies cause disease yet, but like. I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised. They also, you know, have a very well. I don't know where where they're at in Egyptian history, but the Egyptians notoriously have a very sophisticated way of preserving bodies. Yes. Death is very, which uh, means they know that like a body just left to decompose is not great. Right. It's going to cause disease (laughs) and things like that. Yeah. (laughs) That's what uh, Pharaoh commands them to do. Uh, And then we find out that there is this uh, Levite man who has has a baby with a Levite woman. Okay. And spoiler alert, this is going to be Moses. So Levites would be... Of the tribe of Levi. Of Levi, right. right. The, okay. One of Joseph's, Joseph's brothers. Right. So these two Levites have, have this baby, and the mother hides him for three months. Okay. And uh, then when she is no longer able to hide him, we don't know why she can't hide him anymore. Uh, she puts him in a papyrus basket. Okay. And she she does not set it afloat down the Nile like I've always thought. She just puts it in the reeds off to the bank. Okay. And Moses' sister stands by watching what happens. Okay. Uh, then Pharaoh's daughter comes wandering down the, the Nile River with her whole entourage. It doesn't say this, but I really, like, you read through this and it's like, they fucking knew she was coming. Like, they had to know this was, like, this sounds like there was a plan here. Yeah, but that plan hinges on the fact that this Egyptian woman mm-hmm. who knows that her father ordered the death of babies right. is going to just pick a random baby and be like, this is mine now. I know. It's weird, but it's the way that this plays out is almost like they knew exactly what was going to happen. Or they wrote it. Like that. Well, of course. Yes. It's very easy to write a story when you know what you want the result to be. Right. Exactly. So, so the Pharaoh's daughter comes wandering down um, and she has her servant. She spots the basket and has her servant go take a look at it. Servant uh, sees the baby and it's It's like, it's a baby. It's a baby. She also, leave it. She also seems to know that it's a Hebrew baby, maybe because of the circumcision. I don't know. Circumcise babies. Yeah, they do. They do it when they're older. No, it's after eight days. I thought they did it when they were older. No, it's it's when it's after eight days oh. that they do it. Um, uh, most of the time, obviously, there are some instances when you haven't been like if you convert, yeah, then you would do it when you're older and things like that. But gotcha. yeah, it's supposed to be eight days after they're born they get circumcised. I see. Well, but, then yes, that's definitely how she knows, <laughs> right? <laughs> So uh, so she says it's one of the Hebrew babies, and then all of a sudden the, the sister pops out of nowhere like, hey, 
I could uh, find a Hebrew woman to nurse the baby for you if you want. And Pharaoh's daughter is like, yes, go do that. And so, of course, Moses' sister goes and gets Moses' mother right. to come and nurse Moses. And Pharaoh's daughter says, uh, please take this baby to nurse. I will pay you to do it. Why? Like, why, though? Right. <laughs> I know. Like, why does she want to hang out, hang out to this baby right. or anything? Like, there, there's no explanation for what kind of connection she's feeling to the baby or anything like that. Right. Yeah. So she she pays Moses' mom to be Moses' mom. Right. Um, at least for a few years. So, you know, the baby grows up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then Moses' mom brings him back to Pharaoh's daughter who adopts him as her own. Okay. And gives him the name Moses. Gotcha. Right. Any any mention of what he was called prior to being called Moses? Nope, not at all. <laughs> okay. Unnamed Hebrew baby Unnamed, number one. Yes. <laughs> John Doe baby. Right. Um, and the Bible does like the footnotes of the Bible do like to point out that uh Pharaoh's efforts to um you know oppress the Israelites like this. Uh, keeps getting undermined yeah. by women. So therefore the Bible is pro women. Um Oh, okay. <laughs> I see. Right. Because because they don't paint women to be terrible monsters right. and killing babies. That right. means the Bible's pro women. Exactly. Exactly. I see. Yep. The alternative is that they're terrible monsters who are killing babies. Exactly. I don't understand why that makes them <laughs> pro women just, just because they're like these women who gave birth to babies or who have had their own babies don't want to kill other people's babies. Yeah. Listen, I don't like other people's children, but I wouldn't kill a baby. Mm-hmm. Maybe. <laughs> Depends on the baby. Yeah. Let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> baby Hitler, I'd probably kill. Baby Hitler. Yeah. 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 Um, so after Moses had grown up, we don't know how old, but after he had grown up, he uh, goes out and and is is walking along like where the slaves are working. Okay, right, and it says specifically that he was where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. So he he clearly knows that he's a Hebrew, right? At this point, hmm, I wonder why. Yeah, <laughs> which is interesting because I keep I did rewatch Prince of Egypt. And I keep kind of comparing it to that, and they did not. He didn't know that when right. he was uh, in that movie. But then he sees this Egyptian beating a Hebrew, and he looks around, makes sure the coast is clear, and then he kills the Egyptian and buries the the body in the sand. Mm. And then there's this weird little side story about how this next day he sees two Hebrews beating each other, getting into a fight, and okay. he's like, "What are you doing?" And they're like, why are you judging us? You're the one who killed that Egyptian the other day. And so basically, it's this weird way of saying he finds out that the people know he killed right. uh, this other guy. And then the pharaoh finds out and tries to kill him. Okay. Tries to kill Moses. Moses. Because he killed an Egyptian. Yes, because he killed an Egyptian. Or whatever yeah. it is. We don't even know that if it was if it was just a citizen that was beating the Hebrew. 
slave or who it was, but interesting. And then the two Hebrews were fighting. Yeah, it's this really weird little story where it's just yeah, there's these two Hebrews fighting, and and they're I like, why are you judging us? I, that's what I think is funny because like even at the base level, the justification is like, well, obviously we all hate Egyptians, right? Right. Like we shouldn't beat each other up. Like they're we're not our own enemies. Yeah. So Moses flees Egypt, gets out of Dodge so that he um, doesn't get killed. And he goes to a region called Midian, okay. which is like modern day Saudi Arabia. Okay. That's quite a haul. It is. It's yeah. not a quick journey. In fact, no. he goes through the desert that they wander for 40 years later down the road. Did not take him 40 years no. to get through it. No, it didn't seem So he's to. been through the desert once before is your point. And yep. then later they just wander aimlessly for yep. 40 years through it. Yep. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he goes through um, to Midian, and uh, he, there he somewhere in Midian. It's a big region, and right. yet somewhere he sits down at a well. An oil well? <laughs> no, <laughs> I think just a normal water oh, okay. well. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, a, good, it's a valid idea. question, right. really. <laughs> so, he, so he sits down by this well, and there are these women there that are sisters who are trying to uh, water their flock and these shepherds are coming in and fucking with them, trying to drive them off. Right. Okay. And Moses came to their rescue. Oh, how heroic. It doesn't say how he does it, but somehow he must've gotten rid of the shepherds or something like that. And the girls go to their father. Who's the high priest of Midian. Okay. Uh, his name is Raul. So these shepherds were fucking with the daughters of the high priest of Midian. Yeah. Well, that you would think that they would know who those women are. Right. And yeah. also like they were dressed for their station. It's I would, not, I would imagine. Right. Yeah, you would think. So they, so they go to their father, Raul, the high priest of Midian. And they, this you know, never tell make them what it happened. Hollywood. There's so many holes in this screenplay. They, it did make it in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> They've done it a few times in Hollywood, <laughs> but no, like doing it verbatim, yeah. absolutely yeah. would not. No, yeah. So, so they go to Raúl. They they tell him what happened, and Raúl's like, "Where is this man?" and and bring him forward. And it's a great Raúl voice, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so Raúl must ask him to stay to live with them. Well, yeah, he saved his daughters. Right, this man cares about his daughters. Yeah. Because it says that Moses agreed to stay with them. And Raul gives his daughter Zipporah as a wife to Moses. He doesn't care that much about his daughter. No. (laughs) I guess. Yeah. And they have a son. Okay. And during this time, the king of Egypt dies. Okay. So that would be Tutmose II. He dies. Tutmose III comes up. Is Tutmos the third and Moses, are they similar in age? Were they like, did they like grow up together? You would assume based on, you know, the fact that he got adopted by the the sister right. of Tutmos the second, um, that, that he would have been around the same age. Right. But they don't explicitly say that, you know, the movie Prince of Egypt, they're like brothers. They grew up as brothers okay. and everything. There's absolutely none of that in the story. Gotcha. Though. All right. Um, there seems to be some familiarity there. You would think based on how easy it is for Moses to just go talk to Pharaoh. Sure. 
Um, like there's no guard stopping it or anything. <laughs> so, but but that's like the best evidence we have that they even know each other. Gotcha. Then uh, it also says that during this time, God heard the groaning of the Israelites and remembered his covenant with them. <laughs> the groaning. <laughs> because God heard the, the groaning and remembered. Yeah. So <laughs> what the hell is he been doing? <laughs> it's not like he's got a lot going on. Um, he just forgot. It to, to me, it more sounds like you know, eventually, you know, people who have children, right? They'll fucking bug you and 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 bug you until finally you're like, fucking okay. Yeah. God damn it. Stop. Fine. I'll stop the slavery. Shut the fuck up. I'll do something about it. Just shut up. I've had a migraine for the past 40 fucking years. Y'all were supposed to figure it out on your own, but I guess you can't. So I'll come in and do it for you. Right. (laughs) All right. So um, then uh, Moses is out one day. So time has passed. Okay. Time has passed. He's he's been married and they have kids and stuff like that. Rolling in as a Saudi. Right. And he's out tending his flock. uh, Well, his father-in-law's flock, Jethro. Um, Jethro? Yeah. Father-in-law. The high priest's name is Jethro? Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. So last chapter it was Raul. And, and this, now it's this Jethro. Chapter, and from now on it's Jethro. His name just changes. Oh, that's bad. I know. It seems really bad. <laughs> so one theory is that Raul or Jethro, one of them is uh, a title because of his being the high priest right. of Midian, but nobody actually knows. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe we're missing. The obvious thing is that the Bible is actually super progressive. Right. And there were two dads. Oh my God. That would be great. Oh my God. He has two father-in-laws, Jethro and Raul. Yeah. What a great, oh my God. That would be awesome. To me, that's the most obvious right. answer. And they just adopted all these daughters. Right. <laughs> They're not actually their biological daughters. Right. There's been all of these things in the Bible that lean towards, like, you know, those sort of situations. And clearly they've just been, the details have been erased. Right. But there's little things like that in there. And what was the one with the the Deborah? Deborah. Yeah. Deborah and uh, Rebecca. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still. 100% 100% certain that they their relationship was more than just mistress and nurse. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, why would they name a place after where she, she right. was buried? Yeah. Right? And that's only mention only, it that one time. Yeah. That's the only conclusion like you can make. Raul is now Jethro, or there is a Raul and a Jethro. Right. They're the cutest gay couple of in Midian. Of course they are. They're a power couple, too. Of course. Maybe Raul's the smart one. Maybe he's the high priest. Jethro is just like, I just really like tending sheep. They just have different talents. Yeah. Jethro's just the funny one. Yeah, man. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, not that that's in the Bible. No, but but it should be. It should be. So he's out um, tending the flock for Jethro. And then our old friend, the angel of the Lord shows up. Oh, the ambiguous angel of the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. So he shows up 
in a bush that's burning. <laughs> so this bush is burning. So, yeah. yeah. So the, this conversation is the conversation that sparked this whole podcast. Yes. To be clear. So, <laughs> I mean, the bush is drugs, right? <laughs> it's a hallucination. A hundred percent. Of course, that's yeah. what it is. There's no way there's an angel standing in a fucking burning bush. First right. of all, what a weird place to stand. Yeah. It's burning. <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, if you said to somebody today, I talked to a burning bush. It was the angel of the Lord. Right. Somebody would be like, were you standing in front of a burning marijuana plant? Right. And you would be like, I was. <laughs> How did you know that? Are you a prophet? <laughs> <laughs> Here's money. <laughs> okay. What is this burning bush angel? So, so <laughs> this it doesn't burning angel. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, what's funny is the angel doesn't actually say anything to him. Okay. Um, so Moses sees the burning bush, and we know because the Bible says this, that the angel is in the burning bush. Um, and he comes over to take a look at the burning bush. And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look. So basically, like, the way I'm picturing this is the angel is in the burning bush. Moses starts wandering over and God's like, get out of here. And he shoves the angel out and jumps into the bush. Moses is like, is that a fucking person sitting in that burning bush? I'm going to go look. I'm picturing them like crouched down, like in the bush. So <laughs> Their wings are on fire. Yeah. <laughs> so then God is like, Moses, Moses. <laughs> and Moses, you probably remember this from, from an NPR uh, uh, episode that we had heard a long time ago. Moses responds with here I am, which in Hebrew is Hanani. 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 Interesting <laughs> side note. I found out that um, apparently throughout the Bible, whenever they're throughout the Old Testament, um, whenever a prophet is first talked to by God, they always, God always calls their name and they always respond with Hanani. Hanani. Yeah. Here I am. Yeah. And it all starts with this. So um, God says, do not come any closer and take the sandals off your feet because this is holy ground. And Moses is all terrified. Don't come any closer and take off your sandals. Yes, because it's holy ground. So he wants his dirty feet directly touching the holy ground. Yeah, it's it's Leave your a sign shoes of respect, on. I guess. I know. Also, don't come any closer because the bush is burning. Right. <laughs> and you were a human being. Right. Not an angel of the Lord. Yeah. Or me. <laughs> Therefore, you will set on fire. God says that. Also, he is, you're too high already. Back it up five yeah. feet. <laughs> Moses. Put down the mushrooms. <laughs> hey, we're growing in your own shit. <laughs> God says that he has seen the misery of the people in Egypt mm -hmm. and uh, he's going to deliver them to a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Uh, and he's going to deliver to them the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hevites, and Jebusites. I'm going to read that out every time that he Please says don't. that. Yeah. Do that. Make an acronym. What are all the beginnings of the words? C H A P. So far, this is actually spelling something. <laughs> it's like chap. Hedge. D H A P. 
H.J. H.J. Chap Hidge. Chap Hidge. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what you're going to say from now on. Okay. I decree. All right. <laughs> so he says he's going to deliver them to this land. Uh, so now go. and So mother- he's going to he's going to take land that people are already living on. Yes. And just be like, this is yours now. Yes. Sucks to be those people. Exactly. So, uh, problem with that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, God plays favorites. Uh, Clearly. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's like, so now go. And, uh, Moses like, well, wait, wait, who am I to do this? God basically does not answer his question. He just says, I will be with you. <laughs> and he said, I don't know. You saw me in the burning bush. That's literally yeah. the only thing. This is the thing that makes you the person. Right. Yeah. Is this. You, you saw t- my angel taking a shit in a bush. It set yeah. it on fire. <laughs> I had to go step in. You're the one that took the mushrooms. You're the one that took. <laughs> you bought the ticket. Now take the ride. Exactly. <laughs> This is a really weird thing. He goes, this will be your sign that it was me that sent you is that once the the people of Egypt are free, you're going to worship me back here on this mountain. So this is, in theory, Mount Sinai that he's on. But in what way is that a sign? Like A sign that, okay, what is it a sign of? Exactly. Like he's saying the sign, this will be a sign that it's me who sent you. Once you're all free, You'll worship me on this mountain. You'll come back to this mountain and worship me. Yeah. And that's the sign that it was me? Yeah. I mean, I could say that. I know. You could say that about anything. It doesn't make any sense. Like, how is that going to help you get the people out of Egypt? It just it <laughs> sounds like crazy hermit living in the mountain. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's an odd thing. So, um, so, and then Moses says that if I go to the Israelites, they're going to ask me what your name is. Apparently there's like some stuff to this about paganism in the area. Like you, you ask what the name is of the God and it gives you almost like some sort of control over them or something. All right. What's his name this time? Is it Yahweh? It actually, it is Yahweh, but what he first says, and this is one of probably one of the most famous lines in the Bible. It says, God said to Moses, I am who I am. He, He said, this, this is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Oh, that's a line from dogma. They say that in dogma. They say that in dogma. They mention that in dogma. Yeah. yeah. I think Chris Rock's character. Oh, I Rufus, we are we were sent by by he who is called the I am he, or something like that. He who is called I am. Yeah. 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 I think this is kind of setting him up for a who's on first bit. <laughs> Who sent you? You are what? really narrowing your audience down to a very particular <laughs> age by using that joke because nobody under the age of 25 even understands what you're talking about right now. Well, that's just sad and that's on them. <laughs> <laughs> Who sent you, Moses? I am. Or no, tell it. No, God damn it. I fucked it up. Never mind. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so God, God tells him. Who is them, sending you, Moses? I am. No. You are? What's the name no, of No, I am. What's the name of the God who sent you? I God damn it. I fucked it up again. <laughs> so you, you didn't write this bit down, did no, you? No, I didn't. I should have. <laughs> I really should have. So God tells him to go assemble the, the elders. Oh, I should also point out, too, speaking of Yahweh, he also says, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. 
And when it says the Lord here, what it actually says in the original Hebrew is Yahweh. Okay. And there's this whole thing about how out of respect for Jewish culture, they don't use, apparently, as my understanding, they don't use the actual term Yahweh. Oh, Christians don't? The Bible, or at least the NIV, does not do it. Um, there is a fun thing, considering, as I pointed out in the fun last, thing. As, as I pointed out in a previous episode, I grew up Jehovah's Witness mm-hmm. part of, part of the time, and uh, it yeah, does so say Jehovah. It does say in the footnotes here, Yahweh is often incorrectly spelled Jehovah. <laughs> oh, it's an incorrect spelling of it. There's a whole subset of a religion that is called a misspelled name. Yeah, apparently. Well, according to according to Zondervan, yeah. Egg on their face. Yeah. So um <laughs> <laughs> and and this is another interesting thing though, is where he keeps calling out I am the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, or the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He keeps calling that out. I am the same God as the book of Genesis, basically, is what right. he's doing. I I know you don't believe me, but I am the same one. You know those all, all of those old stories that you heard about yep. this family that like did shit, right? Like rocks and sheep and <laughs> uh, other things that they did. I can't remember off the top of my head, but like I'm that's me. I'm that god. I'm that god. You guys, yeah. that's me. That's me. Same <laughs> that's one. Me. Same one. And I think it's it, it's important to point out because when we get into the episode about Bible history, I think this is going to come up again. So then he says to go assemble the elders of Israel, you know, talk to them about everything I've said. I'm going to give you the the land of Chappage. Chappage. Uh, go to go to Pharaoh and tell him that you're going to take uh, all the Israelites and go on a three day journey out into the wilderness to to have a festival for me for Yahweh. Okay. And uh, you're going to, you know, give offerings and sacrifices. To, he's to really Yahweh. giving him a full on plan. Yeah. He's not just like, take the Israelites and go. He's right. very specifically like, this is what you're going to do. Yeah. He's what's what's really interesting about this. I was surprised by is, is he's not saying free the Israelites. He's saying go to Pharaoh and just ask for a three day for three days off to take a trip. Right. That's it. Um, I, I, I mean, it doesn't really matter in the end because right. that's not what happens or anything, but it's weird that that's what God is having him ask for. It's just yeah. three days off. Well, that's the cover story. I guess. But why is God giving a cover story? Why isn't God just like, no, it has to be set free. <laughs> well, it's not going to happen either way. You might as well ask to be set free, you know? <laughs> he's a trickster that I, God. I guess so. <laughs> He also says, I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. And he says that he's going to make Egyptians uh, favorable to the Israelites when they are let go. Uh, So he's going to, so he commands that like every woman, for some reason, specifically every Israelite woman, go to her neighbors and the people who live with her, ask for gold and silver and clothing. And they're just going to give them over to to the Israelites. And, okay. and it says and this is because of something God does. Yeah, God's gonna make them just give this stuff over. And he says, and so you will plunder the Egyptians. 
Well, no wonder people fucking pray to God for shit like lottery winnings all the time. <laughs> yeah. He kind of set it off off the gate that he would do this sort of shit. Right. And then never did it again. Right. <laughs> I know. It's it's really interesting. And another thing that really fascinates me, he says that not only is he making the Egyptians give up their possessions, essentially here, he's also going to make Pharaoh's heart hard. Harden Pharaoh's heart. Okay. <laughs> that sounds weird. <laughs> He's going to harden Pharaoh's heart. He's going to make Pharaoh keep saying no to all of why? this. Why? Exactly. So it, if he has the ability to affect a man's heart, why wouldn't he just turn it in the other fucking direction? Exactly. It's it, so we talked about this in Balaam. How uh, a big excuse for a lot of people has always been that you know God doesn't compel people to do things, right? God doesn't make people do things. Un- if, untrue. Clearly untrue. If you <laughs> if you think that is the case, you have not read Exodus or you don't believe it's true. Right. Because God absolutely throughout this makes people do things. Sure. And um yeah. And so I I think that's bad, but then you take it to a whole nother level there of then why isn't God just making him let them right. go? Yeah. Right. So God is essentially creating the problem. Right. That he has to save his people from. Right. And that kind of speaks to this higher. Does Moses problem. tell people that part? Not, not that it says. I mean, real shady. I know. Real shady shit going on. Right. Real shady. Well, what's funny too is in a little bit where Moses and Aaron, um, his brother, they're going to be getting blamed for all the bad shit that's happening yeah. to the Israelites. Do you ever see the movie Endless Love? I don't think so. The movie from they redid it a couple years ago, but it was a movie from the eighties. Tom Cruise was in it. I don't think he was the main character though. This, or maybe he was the one that tells this story. It happens a couple times in the movie. That somebody tells the story about this happening, and then the main character of it ends up doing it, and it goes wrong for him. But he sets fire to a girl he likes' house. Maybe in in the story it was his house, but. Point being, they set fire to a house, and then they're the ones who find the fire and put it out, thus making them the hero. Ah, uh, yeah. And in the end of Endless Love, the boy does that and ends up killing people. Oh, my God. <laughs> and having to go to jail. But that was like a great movie. <laughs> it's a crazy movie. It has Brooke Shields in it. Um, this is, to me, what God is doing. Yeah. Well, well, when you think about it, when you zoom out a little bit more and look at God as a whole throughout the Bible and everything— this is kind of a, a big problem with God, where God is the one defining what sin is. Right. And then he's the only person that can save you from it. Right. Like, you're the one that made us incapable of living life without sinning. Right. Why is that our problem? Right. That we're, like, yeah, it's completely ridiculous. Yeah. The whole idea of it. Also, like, the whole... God gave humans free will mm-hmm. that just blows that out of the fucking water. Right. If God is able to change anybody's uh, mind right. or change anybody's behavior, yeah. then even if he chooses not to, that is still an action on his part. This is a real evident example of gatekeeping. Right. Gatekeeping. A hundred percent. Because this is what they do. I mean, gatekeeping has become a huge thing in society right now, but literally at the at the root of it, gatekeeping is like when you have a club mm-hmm. 
and you keep people in line and you only let a few people in. It keeps the people coming to stand in line because they think at some point in time they'll be able to get in. Right. People pray to God knowing that he's not going to answer them because right. in this book, at a point, he had answered somebody's problem and given them what they wanted. So people keep thinking that if they talk to God, air quotes, around God, um, <laughs> that he will provide them with what they need, even though, again, you and I believe that will never, ever happen ever right. in a million years. So yeah. this whole religion is based on psychological warfare. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. Like you, you have to come, you have to play by God's rules right. in order to have salvation yep. from the thing he created. Yep. And escape damnation, right. essentially. Yep. Anyway, we should get back to the story yes. of Moses. Yes. Moses responds to God, who's telling him to go. Tell go. them I, I am. Yep. Yep. Uh, what if they don't believe me? Okay. You know? And God asks him, what's that in your hand? Because God can't see. And uh, Moses says, it's a staff. And God says to throw it on the ground. And he does. Oh, I threw it on the ground. Right. And it turns into a snake. Okay. And Moses is all scared of it, but then God says, grab it by the tail. He does, and it turns back into a staff. He reminds him that he is the God of the book of Genesis again. And then he says that, uh, put your hand inside your cloak. Moses does. And when he pulls it back out, it's all white and leprous. His hand is? Yeah. Okay. And then God says, put it back in your cloak. And he's teaching us he some magic tricks. It totally sounds like yeah, a magic trick. For sure. Yeah. So this is his second sign. So these are signs he's able to provide to people. Staff and snake. That he was really um that he's really sent by God. Let's give these let's give these magic titles, right? Okay. So first one is staff and snake. Right. Second one is leprous hand. Right. Okay. Is there more? Yep, there's one more. Okay. So so in case those two don't work, <laughs> you can take some water or throw it on the ground and it'll turn to blood. Oh. Bloody splash. <laughs> Something. <laughs> so so he gives him these three signs. And then Moses is like. I still don't think they're going to believe me. I am slow of speech and tongue, which a lot of people have taken to mean that he has a stutter. Oh, no, he's just stupid. But I like that's yeah. honestly like a lot of people also think that maybe it's just he's not that witty. Like maybe he's not very quick when it comes to speaking. Mm-hmm. I think I later mean, he, he does. Write- have, he could have like down syndrome or something <laughs> he could like have been that. on the spectrum. Yeah. yeah, we don't know. We can't hold that against him. No, t- certainly not. But then uh, the Lord says to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them mute or deaf? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and teach you what to say. So God makes people Yeah, he deaf, just admitted that he's blind. He's- Gives people those terrible impediments. Again, I've always heard growing up, God doesn't do that to people. It's, you know, God always gets this get out of jail free card where it's like all the good stuff comes from God, all the bad stuff. It's just human nature. God allows at most. Because he doesn't get involved. Right. 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 God doesn't cause this whole chapter. Just all of those reasons are false. Right. Exactly. And second of all, just to rewind a little bit and go back to the fact that he keeps reminding Moses that he's the God of 
Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The fact that he feels the need to keep repeating that he's that God, again, shows me that he knows if there's gods, that there are other gods. Got he it. is making it known to them that yeah. like, there are other gods. I'm not those gods. I'm right. this God. Right. I'm the same God that they were worshiping. Yes. Really points that out. So he says this to Moses and Moses is still like, please send somebody else. Moses isn't like, why? Yeah. <laughs> why did you why do, do you that do, to why people? Do you do that? <laughs> that seems mean. Right. <laughs> Um, and then it says that the Lord's anger burned against Moses, which is funny because the text of what he says does not seem very angry. He goes, what about your brother, Aaron, the Levite? He says that Aaron's on his, already on his way out to meet him, which we have not heard about until now. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. Basically, they're going to be partners. Okay. In this, where Aaron. Aaron's going to be the one speaking for Moses. Okay. Real Cyrano de Bergerac situation going on here. I guess so. But like triple because it's God second, to Moses to Aaron. This is the second time you've brought up that that reference, and I still have no idea what you're talking Cyrano about. Cyrano de Bergerac? No. I don't Did know. Did you ever see Roxanne, the movie with Steve Martin? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, based yeah. on Cyrano de Bergerac. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love that movie, yeah, Roxanne. Where that was a good, good he's one. He's the character, you know, he's... His words are helping somebody else. Yeah. 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 Where he's trying to help the other guy woo this, right. this lady by giving him yes. the, the good words. Yes. Yes. That is give. Cyrano yeah. de Bergeret. Okay. That makes more sense. So, yes, it's exactly <laughs> like that. It's exactly like that. Pharaoh is Roxanne. Yes. Uh, so then Moses tells him to uh, to go to Egypt, you know, finally. They finally wrap up this conversation. So Moses goes to Jethro, um, his father-in-law, one of his fathers-in-laws. Jethro's like, go, I wish you well. Packs up the kids and, and the wife, and they all head, head out. The Lord comes to him and says, perform before Pharaoh all the wonders I have given you. And this is where he says, I will harden Pharaoh's heart. Uh, Israel is my firstborn, but you refuse to let him go, so I will kill your firstborn son, is what he says to say to Pharaoh. Okay. Right. Um, not that Moses is anywhere close to being able to talk to Pharaoh. He hasn't left yet. Right. But um, they say that. And then out of nowhere, out of fucking nowhere, just next paragraph, we hear this. At a lodging place on the way, the Lord met Moses and was about to kill him, but Zipporah took a flint knife, cut off her son's foreskin, and touched Moses' feet with it. Surely you have made a bridegroom of me, she said. So the Lord let him alone. And then in parentheses, it says, at the time, a parenthetical in the Bible, so not like a footnote or anything like that. This is in the text of the Bible itself. At that time, she said, bridegroom of blood, referring to circumcision. It's out of nowhere. What? And then it doesn't talk about that again. Why? The Lord, they, they stop at a lodging place for the night. The Lord is about to kill Moses. Why? So I think the idea is that Moses hadn't circumcised his son, which so was. So God was going to kill him? Yeah. Over some foreskin? Yeah. Apparently there's debate over, over whether some or not. Genital the, mutilation? Yeah. Apparently there's debate over whether or not the original text is talking about. Moses here, or if it's talking about Moses's son, 
Like apparently they that's not very clear in the so original. So we text. don't know if Moses was circumcised? No, like they they God might have been trying to kill Moses' son. Oh, because the son wasn't circumcised. Right. One way or another, the son wasn't circumcised. Jesus Christ. Over penis skin? Yeah. God loves his penis skin. Oh my gosh, he does. He loves his penis pieces, which was the original Reese's candy. <laughs> penis pieces? Yeah. Gross. It's fucked up. His, yeah. The obsession with penis skin. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Penises aren't that great no. to begin with. Like, why obsess over this extra little? Clearly, there for a reason, or mm-hmm. else men wouldn't have it, right? Yeah. Humans evolve into a form in which they best survive at. It probably protects against disease. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, something. I don't know. I don't know what the evolutionary reason is for it, but yeah, it's got to be something. Right. Or it's, else we the you, men would have adapted to not have it. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Especially I don't know how this, we keep cutting it off. I don't know how we started doing, started cutting it off. Because like I said, I don't think Israelites were actually the first to do circumcision either. Yeah. Like it's I think it was already weird. out there. It's a real weird thing. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll take it upon myself to dig into the history of circumcision. Okay. Okay. That'd be because cool. I'm real interested in why you would cut off penis. And <laughs> real interested in circumcision. It's just crazy to yeah. me. It's crazy. Um. So then the Lord says to Aaron, Moses' brother. Yep. Um. To this go meet Moses. A A R O N. Aaron. Yes. It says to go meet Moses, and so only even though Aaron was supposedly already on his way. Only now God is telling him to go meet Moses. And then he must have magically transported because now he's meeting with Moses. Yep. And Moses tells him everything that happened. And they go together to the Israelite elders um, and perform all the the signs. Okay. Right? Does the magic tricks. Does the magic tricks. Sure. And the blood water. Yep. The snake staff. Yep. The leprous, Lep- leprous skin. Leprosy hand. Leprosy hand. Yep. And uh, ta-da, and they believe. Well, I mean, those are impressive magic tricks. They are. Even yeah. today, they would be impressive magic tricks. They absolutely are. Those all seem like evil-based tricks, though, don't they? Aren't they a little evil? Don't they, they seem evil? You're turning I'm, water into blood. Yeah. That seems a little demony. Right. Leprosy hand, little demony. Yeah. Staff into snake. I mean, you know, snakes are not great in the Bible. No. No. Seems a little demony. One uh, one thing that came up in here was that it does. The footnotes do suggest that it might have been a snake because the cobra was a symbol of the pharaoh. Okay, I think or something like that. There's some significance in Egypt too. I but, still really feel that like had somebody at that time, if I lived in that time and somebody did those tricks yeah. in front of me, I would be like, which? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Son of Satan. Yeah. (laughs) So Moses and Aaron go to Pharaoh. They just go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. And let my people go. Uh, The Lord has has said to let my people go, you know, and we're going to go hold a festival in the wilderness. Basically going to be like Burning Man. Oh, he's selling it like let my people go temporarily. Yeah. 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 Give us a three day work pass. Right. They'll work harder for you if they come back rested. Right. Yeah. And, and the Pharaoh's like, who is this Lord that I should uh, pay any attention to what, what they want? Moses says that if you don't, 
God's going to send plagues against you. Okay. Right. Did God tell Moses that? He he said that he was going to strike them with his signs and wonders and uh. stuff like that. But did he actually say plagues? I don't think so. Okay. I don't remember him actually saying that during during the Moses burning bush talk. Presuming what's going to happen. Right. Pharaoh's like, why are you wasting our time? Why are you taking people away from their work? Go, go, go back to work. You know, basically he's like, no, I don't want to buy what you're selling, essentially. Okay. Um, that's my Egyptian accent. Yeah, I was spot on. <laughs> and then Pharaoh is like, all right, apparently the Israelites have too much time on their hands. So take away the straw that you give them for making bricks. The Egyptians were providing straw to the the slaves to do to make the bricks. And he's basically saying they need to go out and find their own straw, and we're not going to lower their quota for making bricks. Okay. So now they have way more work to, that they need right, to do. Right, right. Um, because he, he thinks actually, they have too much time on their hands? Right. He actually goes, they are lazy. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, so make, make the work harder for the people so that they keep working and pay no attention to lies. He's the villain in this story, yes? Yes. So how can, oh, God, how can, there? Are, this exists today, this behavior. Oh, yeah, totally. And it's, and it's justified. Yeah. And how do Christians justify this behavior? There are, there are plenty of Christian small business owners I've known who totally act like this to their right. employees. It's villainous. Yeah. How 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 has it not been pointed out to them that like you're Pharaoh, dude? You're fa- you're being a real Pharaoh right now. Yeah. I don't know. They and they'll go to church and they will be like well lauded as as of good course, Christians because they probably because they donate. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. Yeah. <clears throat> so the Israelite overseers go to Pharaoh and are like, "Hey, we we can't keep doing this." And Pharaoh's like, lazy. That's what you are. Lazy. Yeah. Literally, that's what it says. Mm-hmm. Go back to producing your your bricks. And so the Israel Israelite overseers get pissed off at Moses and Aaron. Saying, right. you have brought this trouble upon us. Yes. Right. Because you they have asked for a, a vacation. Yeah. You have made us obnoxious. So Moses returned to the Lord and is like, you know, why have you brought this trouble upon um, us? Pharaoh's heart is hard. Like, we knew this was going to happen. Yeah, I know. I don't know why anybody's surprised by yeah. this. Uh, and, th- and God does essentially say, it's all going according to plan. Yeah, I, this is this is what I wanted. Yeah. I wanted to watch this play out. Right. Again, I'm the God of Genesis. Yeah. Same God. You, I was somebody God has of- to keep telling you who they are over and over and over yeah. again. It makes me question that they're actually who they say right. they are. Can I see like a... You have a driver's photo, license? Yeah, a photo ID or something. <laughs> your birth certificate? Yeah. That would be great. Oh, Yahweh really is your only name, isn't it? It's kind of like Cher. Little Beyonce. Yeah. yeah. He says, I'm the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. I did not make myself fully known to them. The tone has totally shifted, by the way, right. between, in, in case it's not coming out in this podcast, when you actually read Genesis and read Exodus, the tone of God as a character has completely shifted. Okay. From? From being like more hands-off to definitely being more hands-on. There's also like kind of a tone shift in storytelling. Okay. It's a little bit more dramatic in Exodus than it is in Genesis. Well, 
So we know that Moses wrote these books. Well, that's the tradition. That's yes. the tradition. Yes. Yes. We're, when I when I say yes. things like just that, just to make just to make be clear to the audience yes. that the tradition is that Moses. Yes. Moses wrote. So it books. would make sense that the story that Moses was existing in would sound and play out differently than something he was just. He would care more about this. Told. Yeah. Right. Or made up. Yeah. Right? It was dictated to you by God. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. made up completely or by Moses. Right. Um, so that, I mean, that makes total sense. Because if I was writing a story about my life and I included a whole chapter of what happened to my parents and my grandparents before that, it would probably just be real sort of high level. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that that to me, the tone shift would make, would make a lot of sense. Yeah. If that were how it played out. Yeah. In real life. Right. So, yeah, he so God kind of keeps going and he's like, you know, I've not made myself fully known to them. Um, yada, yada, yada. I'll, I'll give them the land of Canaan. Yada, yada, yada. I am Lord. Yada, yada, yada. Bring you out of Egypt. Yada, yada, yada. Redeem you. Yada, yada, yada. Bring you You're gonna to the land. You're going to get sued by Seinfeld if you keep doing yada, that. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> give the land to you as a possession. You yeah. Know? Who who hasn't he made himself known to? The people? He did not make himself fully known to uh, the patriarchs, to to uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. No? 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 Every time he came down to save them from being killed for telling people that their sister was, or their wives were their sisters? That yeah. wasn't him making himself known to them? Right. Or telling the dude to put oil on rocks? Yeah. He's, he's essentially saying, there's more to me than what they had seen. Yeah. He's and, saying, I care more about you than I do about any of these other people. So I'm going to give you exact instructions on what you need to do. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's that's what he's kind of laying those out the men, groundwork for. Moses, those men figured it out on their own. Yeah. You can't. <laughs> I'm going to have to spell things you out to you. You need my help right. a lot. So this is what we're going to do. So this isn't a compliment. This is an insult about your character. <laughs> Have you ever heard of flashcards? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to make some flashcards. <laughs> so Moses reports all of this that God has said to the Israelites. They did not listen because they're pissed off about having to find their own straw. Yeah, I mean, I justifiably pissed off, I think. Yep. So the Lord says to Moses, go to Pharaoh, tell him to let my people go. Sure. And uh, Moses is like, but I speak with faltering lips. What was that? That's that's what Moses said. And don't, I'm assuming that's how he said it. Don't do that again. No? It felt real, real weird. Yeah. It felt real uncomfortable. <laughs> okay. That's fair. <laughs> so is, this is another really weird shift where all of a sudden, you know, they're having this conversation. He's like, I speak with faltering lips. And then it says... Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron about the Israelites and Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he commanded them to bring the Israelites out of Egypt. These were the heads of their families. And he goes into a genealogy of the house of Reuben, the house of Simeon, and the house of Levi, Mm -hmm. which makes sense because Aaron and Moses are Levites. Right. And then that's it. For some reason, they only cover those houses. Even though there are more. Yep. We find out that Amram married his father's sister, Joshabed, who bore him Aaron and Moses. Okay. So Aaron, Aaron and Moses' dad is apparently 
nephew to their mom. But what's weird is if you actually do the math, and I'm not going to get into this, but if you do the math on how long these people lived, it does not add up for them to possibly be Shocking. their actual parents. Yeah. Um, and so the the idea, the thought is that they were like ancestors to them. But weird thing I noticed, it doesn't say that. It doesn't right. say that their ancestors. It says that it's their parents. Also, and then, like nephew? Yeah. Because you also have to keep in mind, by the way, if you do look through this and do the math on it, which you totally should, you have to keep in mind that they're, they were in Egypt for 430 years before they left, right. the Israelites were. And so that's what how the math doesn't work out, knowing that. But, but also, like, the nephew. mom was the aunt and had sex with the nephew and they yeah. had babies? Yeah. I know, it's weird. I mean, good for her, yeah. I guess. Usually it's rocking the other way around. Right. For the old dudes. I guess we that, don't know how young of a sister that is. Also. Oh, that's, you know, that's true. They had yeah. babies for decades. Right. So it could, the nephew could be similar age, I guess. I'm right. thinking like a 60 year old woman and like a 30 year old man. And right. I'm like, go get it, girl. Yeah. I mean, except for the whole nephew yeah. and aunt thing. <laughs> yeah. That's just a generally accepted practice in the Bible at this point. Apparently. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they go through all of these these uh, genealogies here, and then it says at the end, it was this Aaron and Moses to whom the Lord said, "Bring the Israelites out of Egypt by their divisions." They were the ones who spoke to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, about bringing the Israelites out of Egypt. This same Moses and Aaron. And just in case you missed it in the entire chapter book thing you just read yeah they're just reiterating it that those are the guys the same people god's the same god as uh genesis completely moses and aaron are the same one are there other moses and aaron's running around the bible at this point it's really weird isn't it it's almost as if this wasn't written by the same person yeah the rest of Mm -hmm. it was written in shocking it's almost like this is an edit right it's like watching an old film and all of a sudden the screen flickers and you're watching some totally different right. scene for a second. And then it flickers again and you're back sure. to watching the original thing. Because it goes right back into the story right where we left off after that. It's almost like they felt the need to clarify. Yeah. But why? But literally it didn't add anything new. No. You could have just read up it's, to that point and not needed this reiteration. It's like at some point in the future... There was debate over was this the Moses and Aaron, or was that, it a different Moses yeah, and Aaron? Yeah. So with that, the Lord tells him again to go talk to Pharaoh. Right. Tell him to let people his people go because you know why and not again, just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. Right. And again, Moses is like, I speak with faltering lips. Okay. Uh, and then the Lord says. I have made you like God to Pharaoh. Your brother Aaron will be your prophet. I was going to say, why? I thought Aaron was supposed to be his They covered all this. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and again, he says he's going to harden Pharaoh's heart. Uh, So Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord commanded them. He tells Moses he's going to harden Pharaoh's heart? Yeah. So he says to Moses, go ask him. Yeah. You know he's going to say no, though. Right. But do it anyway, because... I got nothing better to do than watch this happen. Yeah. I like watching you all move around. Right. And and setting up the dominoes (laughs) and watching them fall. So uh, Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord commanded them. Moses was 80 years old. 
Yeah. And Aaron was 83 when they spoke to Pharaoh. So okay. we get to know their ages at sure. this point. They, so they go before Pharaoh. They end up performing the snake and staff okay. trick with him. Uh, Pharaoh uh, has calls in the wise men and sorcerers and magicians of Egypt, and they do the exact same thing. Oh, they can do the trick too? They can do the trick too, which yeah. is interesting because then you have to ask yourself, does Moses know how to do this because he was raised with right. royalty? So they, they do the same thing. And then uh, Aaron's staff, you know, the snake, swallows up the other ones, the other snakes. Okay. But Pharaoh's heart remained hard. Yes. God was. told us that was going to happen. Yeah. And so Pharaoh is still refusing to let them go. And then we get into the plagues. Okay. Which we're going to cover in the next episode. Cool. So yeah. That you is. You leave uh, the sexy part for next time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, it's It gets really crazy once the plagues kick in. But the yeah. burning bush, you got to admit, that was weird. Well, I kind of feel bad for this angel. Right. He's always sent to do these weird-ass tasks. Like he he just, was told to stand in a road with a sword sticking out and just let somebody run into it. Yeah. Now go stand in this burning bush. Right. And then once he actually notices you, get out of there. So we've established that the the angel can be a hitman. Yep. We've established that the angel can be a telecom. Yep. In this case, the angel is a lighter. I, not not even a lighter. It's like a. He had to start the bush on fire, and the god was just like, "Go stand there." <laughs> this is going to be great. You right. got to see this, guys. <laughs> the angel of the Lord's like, "God damn it!" Like I know I'm supposed to be this ambiguous thing, and like I could be any angel, but really I'm just this one angel every time who gets all of this shit work. I don't know what I did. I don't know what I did. What did I do? <laughs> One thing that struck me, this is not what the actual history is, and we'll get into what the actual history is of all these books at some point. But um, one thing that struck me while I was reading this is it almost sounded like the real history behind this would be like you take God out of it. Moses is just a union organizer. Mm-hmm. Moses and Aaron yeah. are just union organizers. They're trying to go to the heads of the Israelites, the the, the elders, to work out all of them doing basically a walkout. Yeah. And 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 trying to get themselves to be freed. But that's yeah. Yeah. it's an interesting difference between the story of Joseph, which was very capitalist. Right. It really kind of diminished like if this story were true, and I don't know if historically like all of this happened. I mean, obviously, like the burning bush didn't like I know that there's things that didn't happen because they're insane. Yeah. But like, was there somebody that existed that Moses is based on? It's or possible. was there a Moses? And did he legitimately try did was he raised by the royal family and then leave and then come back and try and free his people? Like, did no. that happen at any moment in time? Probably not. Probably because if not. it did, adding the, all of this extra really diminishes the the effort of the actual person. Right. By kind of making it sound like God was literally, like, giving them 
a to-do list right. and telling them exactly what to say. It could be that it was an actual person, kind of like how Hercules might have been based on a real person at right. some point, and then it just got blown out. Of, yeah. Like They just came up with all this sure. mythology about them, and it got blown out of perspective. But if Moses was a real person, there's a lot of things in this story, huge things in this story, not just about God or anything about that or anything like that, that did not happen and would have happened in other places. Gotcha. So, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting into the actual history behind this stuff. Uh, but, but yeah, if we're playing along, yeah, Moses was real. <laughs> <laughs> and he definitely wrote these books. <laughs> well, we're not playing along. No, not entirely. No. Um, but I think that's it for this episode. So next episode, we'll get into the plagues and and hopefully we'll get into the actual exodus, which will be okay. interesting. The whole event that the book is named after. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. So they all live miserably ever after. <laughs> Try that one more time. They all live miserably ever after. A little better. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the show. If you want to show your support, think about picking up some merch from our online store at BibleStoriesForAtheists.com slash shop or BSFA.cc slash shop. Of course, um, you can't hear my eyes roll through the microphone. <laughs> so let me add that caveat is that was accompanied by a giant eye roll. <laughs>